you know that that hymn we just sang, those words are based on words from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? These are not Isaiah's words exactly. He puts them in quotations because he's telling us that these are God's words spoken to Isaiah to write down, written down about 2,500 years ago. And the Holy One is telling Isaiah and telling people of that day that there is spiritual food available. So why spend your time and your money on that which does not satisfy? Thinking about this on Friday, I pictured myself scrolling through my phone and after a half an hour or more wondering, where did that time go? And why am I still hungry and restless and unsatisfied? Why spend your money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? We're in the middle of winter right now. And whether a particular day is a cold one or it's unseasonably mild, we're in this time of short days and long nights. And I wonder how you're spending it. For some of us, it is a struggle, these dark days. I know that. And I'm one of those maybe weird people who actually loves winter. It's invitation to be at one with the darkness as best we can, to slow down and go inward, more inward, and inhabit that space for a time. Maybe winter is more suitable for introverts. I don't know. You heard this in the song the choir sang just now that says this dark of winter offers us an invitation. Darkness soothe my weary eyes that I may see more clearly when my heart with sorrow cries comfort and caress me and then my soul may hear a voice, a still small voice of love eternal. Darkness, when my fears arise, let your peace flow through me. We're not hermits or monastics here. We live in this world, right? With jobs and obligations and families, with Zoom meetings and youth hockey games. We also live in a time when there is so much upheaval all around us. Violence and tragedy every day in Gaza. 
dystopian-like dysfunction in the body politic, increasing polarization and pure meanness between ordinary people. And in this same world, babies are born, and people celebrate anniversaries, and artists create new works, and choirs sing songs. And you come to church. Thank God you come to church. I don't know for sure why you come, but I think and I hope maybe it's because you're looking for some solace and some companions, some nourishment for the living of these days. And together we do our best to offer some of that here, don't we? In this conversation we're having these days about shared ministry or shared caring or shared sharing, whatever you may want to call it. Today, I feel compelled to ask you about your soul, to ask you about you and your soul, because those who care for others certainly need care themselves. Those who serve need to tend their own souls also. And so I ask you, are you getting enough rest these days? These long nights should be a really nice time to catch up on sleep, right? Are you experiencing any joy these days? Any gratitude? Have you checked in with your own soul lately? Is it well watered or is it a little parched and needing some care and some love? And if these questions spark something in you, I wonder if you might be interested in getting together this winter for some soul care and some spiritual companionship, a time to nourish and strengthen and nurture ourselves so that we can share our gifts with others. If this piques your interest, let me know. I don't know what it looks like yet. I just know it would be good to have gatherings like that, and it would be fun to figure out the content of it. But it's not going to be complicated, but it should be soul-satisfying. So let me know. Because many of us are stretched thin by life, aren't we? We have a lot of balls in the air, a number of commitments that keep us busy. And this is what I'm thinking about today, the breadth of life. And the breadth of life is good, and it's challenging, and it's satisfying, isn't it? We are meant to be here while we're here. And it's good until it gets to be too much. Sometimes it gets to be too much. But when that happening happens, I'm not suggesting, at least not for most of us, that you just chuck it off, chuck it all and run off and become a hermit. Though there are moments, right? I remember when our children were little, and I did confess this to my wife at the time, so I'm not, don't worry about me, but I was in the car one day, <laughs> 
And I thought, how far could I get before anyone knew that I was gone? <laughs> it was just a fantasy. Life is to be lived as fully as we can while we are here. There's a saying in sports that I love, leave it all on the field. My wife doesn't like that expression, but I do. Because when it's over, I don't want to wonder if I did enough or gave enough. How about you? One might think that this kind of immersion in life could keep you out of the depths. But that doesn't seem to be how it works. Immersion in the breadth of life, within some healthy limits, can also invite us to drop down into the depths. All you need to do this is some time and space to reflect some intention to contemplate or meditate or pray on and over your active life. And these dark winter days, they're perfect for this because they do invite us to slow down, to even stop for a time, to have a Sabbath day. What would a day like that be? Our dear Claire, oftentimes takes a tech Sabbath where she turns off her phone and she doesn't check email and it is a blessed relief for her because this time allows us to hear that still small voice of love eternal. In the poem we just heard, Robert Frost offers us a beautiful image of this. He's headed home on a winter evening and he stops to watch the woods fill up with snow. Can't you picture that soul-satisfying scene? In the breadth of life, he finds this fleeting moment of depth, and it's enough. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I have promises to keep, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. And I wonder what might your stopping by woods look like in these days? It could just be taking the time to see that your ordinary moments are also holy ones. Watching your baby sleep or not sleep. <laughs> Eating dinner with your partner visiting or calling a friend. I'm particularly mindful these days of a number of you who have suffered tragic losses in recent days and weeks, and many others who are also facing difficult circumstances. And this is part of the cost of being human and some of us get more pain and more struggle than others, don't we? But none of us are immune from it. When we get pushed down to the ground, how do we respond? 
Hear again those old words from Psalm 130. Out of my depths, O God, I cry to you. Are you there? I know I'm far from perfect. But if perfection were required, who would pass pass muster? So I wait and I hope, like a sentry waits for the morning. Help me to stay alert and keep an open heart for whatever comes. In my morning prayer, I often find myself saying these lines, which are a mashup from two different psalms. For you alone, my soul in silence waits more than the watchers wait for the morning. More than the watchers wait for the morning. There is something good and holy about waiting. And it's not always easy, and it's certainly countercultural these days. It can take time in our noisy world for your soul to come forward. Because the soul can be like this shy and reclusive animal. It can take time to touch into your own depths and hear your own calling. It also takes companions and a community, what John O'Donohue called soul friends. I hope we can help you with that here. I think for many of you, we already are finding soul friends. This shared service that we are exploring these days and encouraging and inviting, it begins with being in touch with your own gifts as well as your own limitations. Sensing your own desire and call to serve and then following that call where it leads, which can be like many of our human pilgrimages a shadowy and meandering journey. There's a bumper sticker about this. All who wander are not lost. Tolkien. And there are times along that journey that you will feel lost and discouraged at least some of the time. Times when you wonder, am I on the right track? Am I doing this the right way? But if you keep on, if you keep your heart open, you will find companions on the way, and you will experience what pilgrims through the ages have discovered, this paradox that it is in getting lost that we are found. It is in journeying through the dark that we do eventually find our way toward the light. We live in such a purposeful and striving culture, a culture that is so focused on what you did, usually material things, that it's good to remember that these spiritual gifts are not things so much to be achieved as they are to be received. This seems to be the message that our friend up there, Jesus, kept teaching in the days that he was here on the earth. I'm thinking of the Sermon on the Mount when he addressed those common people 
who had been following him, following him because they sensed a vitality and a life in him that they desired. They wanted what he had. Give me some of that, they were saying. But listen to what he told them. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing to be, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but up on a lampstand where it gives light to all who are in the house. So, dear spiritual companions, please hear me. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Can you trust that? We are each here to be salty in our own beautiful ways, to help spice up this church and our world. We each have been given a light, and we are here to let it shine. So that our different and diverse lights will help to brighten up our world, will inspire and encourage others to let their lights shine too. Let us be people who enter into the breadth and the depth of life, who are at home in the dark and in the light, who know that we are here to share that light to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Amen. Do you know what we're going to sing? <laughs> Number 118, This Little Light of Mine. <laughs>